Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? This is your host, Mason Pierce, and I hope y'all had an amazing Super Bowl weekend. I hope y'all enjoyed watching the game as much as I did. It was definitely interesting. We will definitely talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Um, I hope y'all have been doing great. I'm so glad to finally be back in the routine of bringing these podcasts to y'all. And just so y'all know, today is going to be mostly an NFL-focused podcast because there's not really been a lot of college football news going on so it's mostly just going to be nfl super bowl a couple little hirings a couple kind of shocking news but we do have one crazy story to report on for college football and it's regarding coach O, the former lsu coach and the former uh usc assistant coach now in case y'all don't know USC wanted Adrian Peterson for the longest time when he was coming out of high school. They recruited him hard and very hard. And in case you don't know, Adrian Peterson's dad was incarcerated while he was while he was getting recruited to schools. And Oklahoma was the only school that his dad could watch him play football on, like the TV and stuff. So that led to that ultimately led to Adrian staying and going to Oklahoma rather than going to another big, big like other big, big name school. But Coach O, he was on a podcast recently, or like a talk show, and he, and he said that he had discussed with Adrian Peterson about transferring his dad to a L.A. County jail so that he would be able to watch his son play for the Trojans. This is not a lie. I am not making this up for, you know, to get attention or anything. Y'all can actually look it up. It is true. Coach O was thinking about actually tr- finding a way to transfer Adrian Peterson's dad from whatever prison he was in to an L.A. County jail so that he'd be able to watch his son play for USC. So, I mean, that that goes in to show how great of a running back Adrian Peterson was and how much people wanted him. And, unfortunately, there is some more news regarding Adrian Peterson, but we will get into that a little bit later on. But before we do get into more news, I want to ask y'all, what type of foods were y'all eating at y'all Super Bowl party? I know wings, you know, wings, chips, dips, like little trays and stuff are kind of the most popular, but... Definitely, y'all should let me know at the official Instagram for the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. It is at Cover 7 with Mason on Instagram. And y'all should just DM me and let me know what type of foods were y'all eating at y'all Super Bowl, Super Bowl parties. Because I know a lot of y'all got a little rowdy. I know probably some of y'all were drinking a little bit. But hey, you got to enjoy y'all's weekend. So before we do get into the Super Bowl, let's discuss all of the award ceremonies and the NFL awards that happened last Thursday. So to begin off we have tj watt he finally wins the defensive player of the year with his 22 and a half sacks during the season which was insane it tied michael strahan for his season sack record decades ago but it it was about time tj watt finally got the respect he deserves because i know last year when it was against when it was him and aaron donald kind of battling out to see who'd get defensive player of the year obviously aaron donald snuck like snuck it out which it is hard to get those numbers aaron donald put up last year at being a defensive tackle and constantly getting double teamed and not being on the edge like how tj watt is but a lot of people still felt that tj did deserve to win the defensive player of the year so congrats to tj for finally getting that added to his resume because he definitely did deserve it this year you even saw it in the kansas city game during that first quarter when he got that that fumble so he he was a force to be reckoned with he would definitely be a force to be reckoned with for a long time in this nf in this league so and then next, the award we got is Jamar Chase. He wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, not really shocking. Jamar Chase had one of the b- 
best rookie wide receiver seasons of all time. Uh, he's definitely going to end up being an all-time great, in my opinion. I love what he brings to the table. Even in the Super Bowl, he did play good, considering the little amount of kind of time he did have, you know, going up against uh, Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams and all them. But he did pretty good. This season was amazing for Jamar Chase. And these Bengals, I'm telling you, they're going to be dangerous for a long, long, long time. Now, for another Bengal, we've got Joe Burrow. He is he won the Comeback Player of the Year. This is not, this is another not shocking kind of award. I mean, people were thinking Dak could have won it, but I don't think Dak had the season to really be able to deserve that Comeback Player of the Year award like Joe Burrow did, considering the injury Joe Burrow came off of. That could have been act, like almost career-ending. So, congrats to Joe Burrow once again on their amazing season that they had because, as we all know, Cincinnati wasn't even expected to be more than just a wild card team, lose the first round type, you know, like how they always been. But they made history this year, and I'm so excited to continue to watch this team going forward. Now, for the next award, excuse me, we have Micah Parsons. He wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, this one is another not shocking one because you saw the numbers he put up, the impact he had on that Dallas Cowboys front seven, and overall just the impact he made for that defense that struggled so badly last year. So he also was second in voting for the defensive player of the year. So, I mean, this kid is going to be, in my opinion, an all-time great once again like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and all of these amazing amazing rookies ex excluding Joe Burrow but all these amazing rookies that came in this year and completely dominated for their teams now for the next award we have Cooper Cup he wins the offensive player of the year in my opinion I think he should have won this award as well as the MVP but I'm glad I'm glad Coop is finally getting the respect he deserves. I love his come up story coming from Eastern Washington and how he came out of high school and he didn't even have any D1 offers until the last second like right before National Signing Day. Eastern Washington offered him and if you haven't seen his highlight tape at Eastern Washington, I definitely suggest looking it up on YouTube. Kid is a the kid was a stud. I remember watching it when I was little and I was like, "Wow, this kid, this guy's really going to do good in the NFL." The Rams took him in the third round. I think it was the 2016 draft, and it's been history since. I mean, he's dominated for these Rams. He's constantly been that consistent piece they've needed because I know Robert Woods has been has gotten injured every once in a while, and they just kind of had all these receivers go in and out, in and out, in and out, even when they had Brandon Cooks a couple years back, you know, when he would suffer through his injuries. So I'm, I'm happy for Coop. I'm happy the fact that he's able to celebrate this with his family and continue to do amazing things. And we also have some later on news, some great news regarding Cooper Cup as well. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans head coach, he won Coach of the Year. Personally, I think Zach Taylor should have won Coach of the Year. But Mike Vrabel overall was a great head coach. That, in case you don't know, Tennessee, they were brutally injured this whole year. They practically had no healthy players. It didn't help not having Derrick Henry until that playoff game. We could even see they were kind of hesitant to run the ball with Derrick Henry. But their their secondary was pretty much just rookies. Their defensive, like, it was, it was it, to put it and sum it up for y'all, it was really bad for the Titans. They suffered, they're kind, of, they kind of in the same boat as the Baltimore Ravens where they were just so injury impacted and they couldn't really do much. But congrats to Mike Vrabel on winning Coach of the Year. I personally love Mike Vrabel, but I think there was some more deserving head coaching candidates, but it's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. But 
Now, for the final award, we have Aaron Rodgers. He wins the MVP for the second straight season. Now, this is the one I kind of bothered with a little bit because I think it personally should have been between Tom Brady and Cooper Cup, considering how Tom Brady practically beat every single season record he had for himself at the age of 44. And the fact that Cooper Cup put up 2,500 receiving yards in a season and practically led the Rams to a Super Bowl almost single-handedly with him and Oda. I mean, it. I think there was personally better options. And as we all saw, Aaron Rodgers kind of choked in the playoffs and didn't really show anything. I mean, considering him and Devontae weren't even – I mean, Devontae practically had to carry them in that game because Aaron Rodgers was doing a lot of bonehead passes, wasn't looking at the right reads, and just overall didn't really have great pocket presence and couldn't get the ball where he needed to. So, I mean, I know one game doesn't define your season unless it's in the playoffs like it was in this, which is why I think it should have accounted a lot more against his MVP um, MVP kind of his candidacy. Now, I do believe last year he definitely did deserve to win, but this year I, I kind of – kind of confused on how Cooper wasn't really the number one option and I think Cooper only got like one vote to be MVP which blows my mind so I think they overall need to look at the voting system of the NFL awards and kind of rethink how they do it but overall I think the awards were pretty based like pretty were solid considering for like all the rookie awards and comeback awards they were well deserved so it was a great award show. If y'all didn't watch it, y'all definitely should kind of look at some of the like highlights about it. But it was a great, great, great show. Now, onto some news before we get into the Super Bowl talk. We have former Patriots wide receiver coach Mick Lombardi. He has been hired to be the Raiders' new offensive coordinator. This is kind of a uh, – eh, he'll probably be there for like a year or two hiring, kind of see if what he can do, what he can't do, you know. I don't expect him to be a long-term solution for the Raiders' offense. Uh, next, we have the Minnesota Vikings plan on keeping Kirk Cousins as their starting quarterback in 2022. This isn't really shocking because that contract is so bad that they'll take almost the same amount of dead cap as they would just doing anything with them because there's no point really in getting rid of them because they fully guaranteed him that whole contract. Unless they find someone that's willing to take on that contract and take and give up other assets, I don't think there was any option for him really. But Kirk is not a horrible quarterback. He's a great average quarterback. But I really do think after his contract expires, they need to focus more on the future rather than trying to keep Kirk Cousins as their franchise quarterback. And I say that with quotation marks like they thought when they were getting him from the Washington Commanders. Um there's and then another and here's just a rumor this is nothing official but is pretty strong belief in the NFL that Carson Wentz the the Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback will be released or traded before March 19th now I questioned the Colts trading for Carson last year because I never really saw the potential considering after all those injuries because we all knew after he suffered that 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 horrible horrible leg injury against the Rams back in 2018 that he never really played the same he never really had that same kind of I don't know just didn't really have that energy with him anymore to be able to you know just play strong and we saw it this year with the Colts he made he really had a couple bad passes that cost them games and yeah I know the Colts had that good stretch in the middle of the season where they were beating the Patriots and they just were beating all these really solid teams but I do think the Colts finally realized, hey, you know, this this is this really wasn't going to work. We thought pairing him up with Frank Wright, his old offensive coordinator in Philly, when they when he almost did win the MVP, was going to do him wonders. 
Unfortunately, it did not. So, I hope Carson does find maybe a backup spot with another team. I don't think he's going to be a starting quarterback, but I hope he definitely does find a way to still be in this league because personally, I like him as a human being and as a player. Uh, now, on to some more news. We have, and this is regarding Rams star edge rusher Vaughn Miller. He is expected to fully explore free agency, so don't expect him just to immediately sign a contract extension with the Rams after they won the Super Bowl. This will kind of be interesting to see how this does unfold because I know there's a definitely a lot of teams that would really take and really need Vaughn Miller. Cough, cough, Jerry Jones, sign him. But, you know, we can't always expect these things, but I'm hoping Vaughn continues. Vaughn finds success again and is able to win another Super Bowl because personally I love Vaughn Miller. He's a great player and a great human being. Now on to the next news we have. Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams are expected to talk about an extension now that the season is over with. This is not really shocking considering that Matthew Stafford comes in his first year and wins them a Super Bowl after they struggled so many years with Jared Goff and trying to win a Super Bowl with him. So I would expect it probably to be like a five-year, 189, or like something probably, not around the Josh Allen contract extension range, but I'd expect something at least a little bit less with the, probably a year or two off the contract as well. So now on to the next news, and this is even more contract extensions. So the Raiders are expected to give Derek Carr a contract extension sometime this offseason. Now, this one kind of shocked me a little bit because I thought they were going to focus on going a little bit younger and kind of rebuild, which, personally, I think they need to do. Now, we all know Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. He is definitely an average quarterback. He's in the same boat as Kirk Cousins where they're kind of just, and eh, they're good. There's not really a better option to replace him, which is what I think the Raiders are kind of realizing is there's not really a quarterback in this year's draft that could really give them that franchise type level play so I'd expect him to get a two to three year extension I don't think they're going to give him like a five six you know probably like the Rams are going to give Matthew Stafford but I would definitely expect somewhere around the two to three year range now for the next news we have Kyler Murray and the Cardinals now in case y'all don't know Kyler Murray has never really been known for his leadership skills and kind of being a locker room you know favorite he's kind of been more of a self-entitled kind of more self-centered player and apparently right now he's having a lot of frustrations with the Cardinals. And in case you don't know, earlier last week he was he deleted every single thing on his Instagram that involved the Cardinals and anything that involved playing for them, which I think was kind of childish to begin with. And in case you don't know, his rookie contract is over with after this year. So normally he's kind of doing the little diva thing of, hey, I want this huge contract extension like Josh Allen and all of them. But the Cardinals obviously are not going to just – be like okay here you go here's 250 million you know he's had no success towards the end of seasons he's always been a great great first half quarterback and then the second half of the season he completely chokes but apparently he's having a lot of frustrations with the Cardinals because they feel like that the Cardinals are kind of letting him become the escape goat for the reason why they played so bad against the Cardinals which in case you watch that wild card game you saw how horrible he played, how horrible his pocket presence was, how horrible his decision-making was. So personally, I don't really like Kyler Murray. I don't think he's a great – he's got great talent. and But at the end of the day, the Cardinals need to find someone that's going to be overall a great locker room guy, kind of like a Dak Prescott, Josh Allen type where everyone loves them, everyone wants to play for you. Because the more you got to become self-centered, the more your team's just not going to want to play for you. So I hope Kyler gets his – 
you know, head out of his rear end and figures out, you know, hey, you can't keep doing this and expect to win a Super Bowl. You have the talent. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. You have Christian Christian Kirk. You have Rondell Moore. You have Chase Edmonds. You have James Conner. You have pieces around you. You have Zach Ertz, for heaven's sakes. You've got these pieces around you that they went and got you. So you can't be acting like they just threw you into the wolves and expected you to be able to outrun them. They gave you. And, yes, I know DeAndre Hopkins was not playing in that game, but you still had opportunities to make the the right play, and you never did. But that's it's that's a whole nother conversation. We'll continue to I'll, – I'll make sure I continue to update you all if anything else happens regarding him demanding a trade or him – wanting to be released or whatever happens. You know, he might end up going back to athletics and playing in the MLB like before he did when he got drafted by the Cardinals. But, no, on to some more news, and this is some really sad news. Adrian Peterson, the former Minnesota great running back, he has been arrested for a domestic violence incident he had with his wife at LAX Airport. Um, it's kind of sad to see him back in the same situation that he was that he was in so many years ago. I hope he really does get his life figured out because at the end of the day, we all are human beings. And I really hope this isn't another case of him just with CTE because as, as we've all seen with Antonio Brown and how violent he has been. And I think the NFL really needs to look into these CTE incidents and just look at all these violent acts that have happened so many times recently because something's going on in the NFL that we don't know about. But I hope, you know. Adrian Peterson and his wife, they're able to figure things out. I'm hoping he gets the care he needs because I know something's not right with him. And Once again, it is, it's truly sad to see the downfall of Adrian Peterson because I thought he, you know, he would have still been in this league, continue to be like a Frank Gore type running back where you know, he continued to be loved by everyone. But unfortunately, that's not how the cookie crumble for Adrian Peterson. But now let's get into Super Bowl 56. Now, we had the Los Angeles Rams going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. This was definitely a dogfight for most of the games. Both defenses played, I would say, decently well until the end of the game with Cincinnati's secondary absolutely choking. Eli Apple, the guy that constantly keeps trying to clown people, even though he's currently wearing that makeup right now, he got burnt like toast against Cooper Cup, which ended up giving the Rams that 23-20 to lead going into that final possession for the Bengals. And then Joe Burrow... His offensive line completely crumbled, and it lost them the game. Now the Rams, they finally win that Super Bowl that Sean McVay and all of them had been wanting to win. So the Rams win the Super Bowl 23-20 to against the Cincinnati Bengals. Matthew Stafford was 26 for 40 with 283 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, and was sacked two times. The One of the picks wasn't really his fault. It was kind of like a deflection, but one was kind of a boneheaded why would you throw that? But overall, Matthew Stafford had a really decent game. Uh, I would say the star player for them was Cooper Cup, who had eight receptions for 92 yards on two touchdowns, which were two crucial game-winning touchdowns. Now, for the other side of the ball, Joe Burrow, who had a really solid game, he was 22 for 33 with 263 yards on one touchdown, and but he was sacked seven times, which tied Roger Staubach for the most times being sacked in a Super Bowl which that did not help. Joe Mixon, he ran the ball for 15 carries on 72 yards. Their running attack was pretty decent. Now for the Rams, they had no running game, and they had to rely a lot on Cooper Cup and OBJ. Unfortunately, before OBJ, he did suffer that knee injury, which kept him out the rest of the game. He, he, he suffered it during that second quarter. Uh, we kind of all were worried that it was going to be 
another ACL injury, which we you never want to see with anyone. Luckily, I don't think it's going to be as bad. I'm hoping it's not. Let's keep our let's keep him in our prayers. But no, and I mean. Cincinnati offensively did great. T. Higgins had four receptions for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Jamar Chase had five receptions, 89 yards. And Tyler Boyd had five receptions for 48 yards. I mean, overall, they did pretty good. But as we all know, the Cincinnati Bengals secondary completely crumbled when it mattered the most, and that's what cost them the Super Bowl win. Now, there was a couple questionable calls like the Logan Wilson holding when they were on the goal line. But we also can't deny the fact that T. Higgins completely got away with a face mask on Jalen Ramsey on that like 50, well, let me see that set like 75-yard reception with him and Joe Burrow. So it was kind of like a ref were like, okay, I'm gonna give them one since we gave you one. But that ultimately did end up costing the Bengals with that one penalty suffered against Logan uh, with Logan Wilson. Um, now there was a rumor going throughout this whole game. This whole game was. Rams star defensive tackle Aaron Donald and would he retire after the Super Bowl if they won now this came out like an hour or two before people were wondering if he would uh, I would expect him maybe because whenever he was interviewed by any reporters he kind of would just say I'm going to enjoy it in the moment right now so I would not be shocked to see him retire but I also would not be shocked to see him not uh, he's going to go down as obviously an all-time great. He's up there with guys like Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White. So once again, if this is it for him, he's had an amazing – he's got an amazing resume to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's only been in the NFL for eight years. So it's it's amazing the things he does. Um, let's see here, guys. Cooper Cup, once again, like I told you all, he was named Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, if you watch towards the end of the game, you definitely saw why he deserved to be named Super Bowl MVP. And, yeah, so amazing for them. And, guys, the last news of today, the last little kind of bit of news I've got for the podcast, they have announced the official Hall of Fame class of 2022, the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022. And here's some of the names. You've got offensive tackle Tony Baselli, wide receiver Cliff Branch, safety Leroy Butler, linebacker Sam Mills, defensive lineman Richard Seymour, defensive lineman Bryant Young, coach Dick Vermel, and coach Art McNally. Now, this is kind of shocking because DeMarcus Ware, Devin Hester, and Andre Johnson did not make the Hall of Fame in their first year of eligibility to make it. I think DeMarcus Ware, I'm not really shocked as much, but I am shocked Devin Hester and Andre Johnson, who are considered two of the best at their position of all time, didn't even make it first ballot. So I would definitely expect people to continue to kind of question it a lot and kind of be like, okay, well, you know, what the heck is wrong with, like, why can't they... You know, why weren't they inducted? Which I completely agree. Devin Huster is probably the best return man of all time, and he didn't make it first ballot. So it is what it is. Overall, I hope y'all guys really did enjoy today's podcast. I enjoyed making it for y'all. If y'all haven't yet, check out the official TikTok and Instagram of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both platforms. Guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Monday or whatever day y'all are listening to this podcast. And hope y'all continue to be great. Peace out, guys.